It's Mother's Day, and so, you know, we always have to do our very best for moms, right? I mean, whatever we do for mom, it's got to be our very best. So this morning, I've prepared my very best for you. Uh, So Tam is going to come preach. And so she's got a word. She told me a couple weeks ago God was really stirring in her heart that she was supposed to do this. I didn't have to force her. Amen. And so I'm just excited, uh, and and I know what she's preaching, and I know God will bless us through her. So here's my very best uh, for the church. (laughs) Well, thank you. Um, I'm privileged to have a husband who's um, awesome enough to just let somebody else do it. So, um, yeah, so anyway, a couple weeks ago, I felt like um, that God was kind of talking to me, so I took the opportunity because I've done it before, or tried to do it before, Um, on Mother's Day and um, speak. So I know he's a little more relaxed about that sometimes. So anyway, um, well, as you know, it's Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day, fellow mothers. Um, We uh, have quite the journey that we're on um, as mothers, and it's just quite a learning curve. I'm sure it is for the fathers in the room as well, that it's kind of a learning curve for them as well. But um, yeah, we've been on our journey as um, parents, or I've been on my journey as a mother for only about eight years. So my oldest is only eight years old. And, um, you know, I've just begun to notice something. Well, not just now, but um, kind of has it has been a little bit more, let's just say, prevalent in the last couple years of um, something that I guess my kids struggle with. And let's just say that that's obedience. Um, So I'm sure every parent has a couple uh, experiences where their children have been harder to get to obey um, than other times. But anyway, um, I just love it when my kids do exactly what I say, when I say it, and it gets done right away and everything goes well. I mean, as a stay-at-home mom, I'm pretty much um, at home all day with at least two of them. I've been more. In the summertime, I'll have all four of them. Um, But anyway... They, uh, I spend a lot of part of that day telling them things to do, giving them instructions. You know, go brush your teeth, go brush your hair, go do this, go pick me out diapers and wipes or something, you know, along those lines. It's, that's how it kind of ends up working out for me. And so when they do it and they obey and everything's good, I have a smile on my face and a sigh of relief and everything's good and we're having a great day together, but when they don't go so well, well, you know, things get a little more crazy in our house, and that's just another another thing to talk about. But anyway, we're just going to talk about the obedience side of things today. So um, in my Bible reading recently, um, if you haven't, if you don't read your Bible on a daily basis, I'll just put a little commercial in here. Um, there's this wonderful app, if you have an iPhone or I'm sure other smartphones, um, called the Bible app. And um, thankfully, Terry and Walt, when they started discipleship class, they were able to add a whole bunch of people to a Bible reading group. And it gives you one every day that you're supposed to read through, and you can complete the Bible in about a year. So that has been really good for me, just that accountability of, oh, my gosh, somebody else is going to see that I didn't read today. You know, I better go read. You know, that kind of accountability has spurred me to make sure that I actually start and and read my Bible on a consistent basis. So if you haven't or if you want to, you know, you can probably talk to Carrie, and she can add you if you're on that. And if not, then I encourage you to read your Bible every day at least. So it really will change a lot of things for you. So in my reading, um, a couple um, weeks ago, I guess it was, I was in um, Deuteronomy. And this was 
I don't even think it was part of the Bible app. I think I had one that I still needed to finish from another time. But anyway, I was in Deuteronomy. And over and over and over again, it, um, you know, in Deuteronomy, it's pretty much like a lot of the law is given and it's Moses and he's telling all the Israelites to do certain things. Well, anyway, over and over and over again, there's this phrase that keeps popping up throughout the scripture. And that phrase has usually something to do with, if you obey my commands. So it usually repeats it about a million times you read it in that, in that portion of um, the Bible. And it usually ends with that things are going to be great, that everything is going to go right for you, things you're going to conquer what you need to conquer, and you're going to do things, and it'll grow great for you. But he also does warn you what will happen if you don't obey. So um, anyway, that, again, is for another time. But um, the phrase I just want to focus on is the, if you obey my commands. So I'm just going to go ahead and pray um, for our service this morning. Father, I guess I just ask that you would be within me, that you take me over, that it isn't me speaking, that it's you speaking, that whatever you want me to say, that I say, that whatever you want me to communicate to the people today, that you communicate through me. I ask that you, I yield myself to you completely, and I'll ask that you um, just break down walls or barriers within the people here that are, that are gathered here this morning, that um, you can get a hold of them the way you've gotten a hold of me. In Jesus' name, amen. Gosh, I don't want to be emotional and crazy. Ah, Anyway, as I wipe my tears away, sorry. (laughs) So anyway, um, here's a couple examples that I'll just briefly go through from what I've read in Deuteronomy, just so we're all on the same page of how you can see what God has been communicating. So this is um, this verse, Deuteronomy 4, if you want to turn there in your Bibles. It's verses 1 and 2. And it says, before the Israelites enter the promised land, or sorry, it doesn't say that, but this is me, my note to myself. Sorry. <laughs> before, this is before the Israelites are entering the promised land, and Moses is speaking. And he says, and now, Israel, listen carefully to the decrees and regulations that I'm about to teach you. Obey them so that you may live, so you may enter and occupy and the land that the Lord, the God of your ancestors, is giving you. Do not add or subtract from these commands I am giving you. Just obey the commands of the Lord your God that I am giving you. So right there in that verse, you got at least three times he's telling you to obey the commands. It's really repetitive, I'm telling you. And so then we'll go on to the next one, and it's Deuteronomy 5. So just in the next chapter... Here we are again. God is now speaking to Moses after he's given the Ten Commandments. And the people had just pleaded with Moses that um, he is going to have to speak for them because they're afraid that God's going to destroy them if they were to speak for themselves. Um, so Mo, or, so good, this is God speaking, and he's saying, Oh, that they would always have hearts like this, that they might fear me and obey all my commands. If they did, they and their descendants would prosper forever. So, again, there's this, everything's going to go right for you if you just obey my commands. And so, um, if like, when I was looking all this up in my um, study time this week, um, I looked up, because I had read them a while ago, so this wasn't, like, super fresh, so I couldn't really pick out exactly where I wanted to say the right one in Deuteronomy. Um, but So I looked it up. I looked up obey and commands, those two words together. And um, version, the Bible app that I was talking about, actually um, pulled up 41 different times that there are these verses just in Deuteronomy alone. It also occurs very much more in lots of other places too. But um, 41 plus times in Deuteronomy alone. And so 
Um, that's just, I think, kind of crazy to me. In one book, there's at least 41 times. <laughs> Maybe it's not to anybody else, but it was to me. Um, so also in Joshua, the next book, um, there's another part. So now in Joshua, there are the three tribes that um, had helped fight for all the other tribes. And um, Joshua's parting words to them. So they're going to go back to their own land. They're going to cross, I think, a river or sea or something and go back on, the, on their side that they claimed. And um, so he's to, or this is his parting words to them. This is very important. Joshua is now kind of like the leader, kind of taken over from Moses and stuff. And so then this is his, like, final thing to them. He says, but be very careful to obey the commands and the instructions that Moses gave to you. Love the Lord your God. Walk in all his ways. Obey his commands. Hold firmly to him and serve him with all your heart and soul. So, again, there's this massive just... In emphasis on obeying the commands. And so um, I think God just wholeheartedly wanted them to do exactly what he said, that it would just be simple if, hey, we just did exactly what God said. So um, knowing that if they did obey things, they were going, things were going to go well for them. And I think that's what God was kind of revealing to me, is that there's this call to obedience. And I really think that um, it's just kind of a building block on what we've already been taught or been had people um, preach to us this morning, or well, not this morning, but every Sunday morning from the beginning of the year or even probably past that. Um, so, you know, if we talk about um, just this as being a building block, I'm going to kind of quickly um, sort of review some of the other building blocks that I think this builds on. So last week, um, Walt was um, speaking, and he felt like it was um, imperative to him to speak about just being the salt of the earth. And so when he was speaking, we as disciples of Christ need to be that saltiness that people around the world are looking for, that we are the ones that have what they're looking for, and that is being Christ. So when we ask Christ into our heart, when we, um, you know, repeat the words and um, just believe that God raised him from the dead and we confess with our mouth, those are the things that we become that disciple then. That's when your discipleship starts. That's when you should be trying to focus on, you know, gaining more of your, like, life as... um, being like Christ. I mean, that's what we're really, our final goal is to, is to be more like him. So anyway, we um, have Walt speaking and saying that it's needing to be this um, part of us that, that others see, that we're trying to connect to others, that it's your job to go out and do these things in, let's see, um, Matthew 28, 18 through 20. It says, Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you. And be sure of this, I am with you always to the end of the age. We've been given a command right there that we need to go try and fulfill. I love how in verse 20, It says um, that, well, this is in the NLT version. Your version might read a little bit different. But in the NLT, which is the New Living Translation, it says, teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you. So we need to be obedient just in the call to go and reach others first. So, yes, you have this um, call on your life as a disciple. This is all of our jobs. It isn't just Pastor Steve's or mine or whoever's. It's all of us. All of us should be this. 
And so um, we need to be obedient first to the call that God has. But then we also need to go out and we need to teach the other disciples that we're making. So once they make that life decision, it's also a part of your job to kind of raise them up, almost like a parent to a child. So we need to have that ability to help them grow in their relationship. And then it also just points out what I've been talking about. Again, it's this obey all the commands. So we're going out to teach these new disciples to obey what Christ has taught them or how it has taught us. Um, whether it's from your own lifestyle and what you've learned as a disciple of Christ, but then also just the more that's in the Bible that we're learning from. We also need to teach them about that. So we can agree that his disciples need to be reaching others. And if we've accepted Christ as our Lord and you haven't done that, I'd love to take the opportunity to um, do that with you. If you haven't accepted Christ, um, you can come and talk to me and I'll be helping to you hopefully (laughs) and so we can be reaching others just as simple as using our gifts and talents um, you know that we have that God has given us Um, so some people um, maybe not all of us understand what our gifts are but I know that everyone does have a gift Um, so this is kind of like on what Pastor Steve has been preaching on several different times of us using those gifts or talents, you know, kind of like with the puzzle piece sermon and, you know, different things that you know you can do and those types of things, um, those fall in line with your gifts and talents. And I think that kind of goes along with once you have been that disciple who's going to go and reach others, maybe you don't understand how to reach others, but God has given you gifts and talents that you can use to reach others. And it might be just as simple as, Um, your hospitality to other people. And that's not something I necessarily am really good at, but some people are awesome at it, and they don't see it as a gift. They just see it as something that they've been taught or that they've learned or that, you know, they just naturally do. And it's one of those things that um, I think really that's a God-given talent for you. It can be something that you're really good working with your hands or doing things like that, and you have the opportunity to help a neighbor do something because you're really good at this. And there's your connection. I mean, it can be simple things. It doesn't just have to be standing on a soapbox preaching God is going to kill you if you don't turn to him kind of thing. So, um, you know, it doesn't have to be that way. It has to be just relational. Um, And so I think people really don't (laughs) see that as something they they can do, but you really can do it. And um, just to emphasize this, um, we're going to read in 1 Corinthians 12. It's verses 14 through 21. It says, yes, the body has many different parts, not just one part. If the foot says, I am not a part of the body because I am not a hand, that does not make it any less than a part of the body. And if the ear says, I am not a part of the body because I am not an eye, would that make make it any less part of the body? If the whole body were an eye, how would you hear? Or if the whole body were an ear, how would you smell anything? But our bodies have many parts, and God has put each part just where he wants it. How strange a body would be if it only had one part. Yes, there are many parts, but only one body. The eye can never say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head can't say to the feet, I don't need you. We, as his disciples, make up one body. And each of us has been given different abilities. Some may be more aware of them as others, as I've talked about already. But he wants to use that in a mighty way. Questioning your gifts, just ask the Lord to reveal it. 
I mean, he will he will answer your prayer. If you don't know what it is, just ask him. It's as simple as that. Um, because our body, not just our church, but as the church as a worldwide whole, needs people with their gifts and talents going out to reach others. Because that's how we're going to change the world. So use them outside to connect with others. And give them a taste of that salt that you have so that they're drawn to you and you can then go out and reach them and make them a disciple as well. So I'm going to get a little personal on my side of things. So I I can't tell you how many times this next parable that I'm going to talk about has been used in my life to try and spur me on to... um, be more of what um, God, or do more with what God has given me. And, um, you know, like how loved ones can be, they like to use things against you, I guess, in a way, is how I always viewed it, (laughs) is that they're using things against me. Encouragement. They were trying to encourage me. I used it as they were trying to do something against me. But (laughs) anyway, sorry, let me clear myself up here. So we're going to read in Matthew, or you can read it in Matthew. I'm just going to kind of briefly sum up this um, parable. But it's in Matthew 25. Um, I think it starts in verse 14. And it's the story of the parable of the talents. Imagine that, right? Um, so there's a man, he's going on a long trip, and he entrusts his servants with money. And while he is gone, he gives, uh, or yeah, his money while he is gone. And he gives five talents to one. And a talent at that time of uh, the time period of history or whatever, a talent was some sort of money, which I think was the decent amount of money too, wasn't it? I don't really know what it was. But um, anyway, he gives five to one. He gives two to the second servant. And he gives one to the third servant. And um, he divides it in proportion to their abilities, which I always think is kind of a funny little thought that, I guess he already knew that some of them could deal with it and some of them couldn't. Um, so anyway, um, he goes on his trip and he's gone for a long time. And the master returns and um, they have to give an account of what they've done with his money. So the first servant with the five has earned five more. And the um, master says, well done, my good and faithful servant. You know, to you that you have done with this, I'm going to give you more. And let's go and celebrate. And he's going to give them, you know, more responsibility. And the second one comes and gives him. He's the one with the two talents. And he is going to, um, you know, go to his master and tell him what he's done with it. So he's earned two more. Okay, and so then he gets the same kind of thing. Well done, my good and faithful servant. And, you know, like, since you've done so with this little much, I'm going to give you much more. And so then they go and celebrate. And so the last one comes, and he's the one that's been given one talent. And he ends up um, in ending up with burying it, is what he explains to his master. He knows that the master has gone out and, um, I guess, gained interest from crops he didn't sow and things like that. And so he knew he was kind of like a, a shrewd, I guess, in a way, man. And so then um, he says that he's buried it because he didn't want to lose it and that he explains that he was afraid. And so then he ends up um, getting that talent taken away from him and he gets it given to the one with the five talents and at the end it says to those 
who have been given, or oh, sorry, to those who use well what they are given, even more will be given, and they will have an abundance. But from those who do nothing, even what little they have will be taken away. And that's in Matthew 25, that's verse 29. Well, this is why it's personal to me and why I'm probably crying. <laughs> it was because I've been the third servant way too long. I've had one talent, um, and I've used the same excuses over and over and over again. But deep down inside, I know what my real problem was, is that I was afraid. I was afraid to use my talent. And some people might look at me and say, how can you say that about yourself? But I know myself, and I know that's what my problem was. But thankfully... God has been gracious and um, has allowed me to keep the gift that I have. There will always be those thoughts of if I would have used it the way I was supposed to, how much more of it would I have? And I think I will probably question that for the rest of my life, and I'll never know the answer, but I can only do with what I have now. And now that I've learned this, I can move on. Um, So anyway, earlier Um, This year, during worship one day, I had this thought again. So, um, growing up in church, I had the opportunity to um, do special music. It's kind of always been part of my childhood, I guess, in a way. I don't remember what age I started at or what, but I did it probably through when we were married, maybe. I've done it at some different churches. I've sang at funerals and different things like that before in my life, but... Um, anyway, I haven't done special musics for a while, like with pre-recorded music. And I mean, yeah, I do special musics with Carrie, but that's different, <laughs> or at least it's different for me. <laughs> so anyway, um, I've just had this thought of that God was kind of trying to get a hold of me, that this thought came in my head more than just one time. And um, I know that he's kind of used some other things um, to kind of help solidify this in my mind, but um, we can all probably agree that there are times things need to be repeated to us, right? Just like I have to repeat to my children, please go brush your hair. Please go brush your hair. Did you brush your hair yet? You know, those type of instructions. We need to repeat them. Well, God is repeating it to me over and over again. Um, You know, that this is something he wants me to do. Um, So anyway, I had I talked about I had some other interactions just kind of helping solidify this for me, and um, I haven't been obedient, so I struggled with this. I hear God speaking to me. I hear him saying this to me, but I still been human and didn't, you know, do what I was asked. And so um, that's going to end today. <laughs> um, so it's been a couple months since this, since this happened, but... I know God's given me a gift, and a gift to use as part of the body. And it's not that I'm better than somebody else, but it's that God has given me this talent, and again, I'm going to be obedient, and I'm going to listen to what he's told me and a call on my life, and I'm going to be obedient in that. Just like today, I felt like God was speaking to me to speak on Mother's Day. And this was about probably two weeks ago um, that I felt like this was an opportunity for me, and this was what God was telling me. I mean, my mind immediately went to the Deuteronomy and just reading over, obey my commands, obey my commands, obey my commands. So um, I want this to be encouragement to you guys that you can do this. 
just like I can. If I can stand up here and take the opportunity, um, then and if I can do what I'm supposed to do, then you can too. And whatever it is that God's telling you to do. And it doesn't matter how young you are sitting in this room. It doesn't matter how old you are sitting in this room. You can do the things that God has called you to do. You're never too old or too young to do what God's calling you to do. There are plenty of children out there doing awesome things for Christ. There are plenty of old people out there doing awesome things for Christ. And they're just being obedient. I mean, he will speak to you. He will call you. He will do the things that you're supposed to do. Or he will tell you the things to do that you're supposed to do. Because you're listening to him. And you will have the power and the ability to do it. Because he's the one empowering you. It isn't by your own self. It's by God. And you have to give that glory to God. The, the reason I'm up here, the reason why I'm sitting here, the reason that my voice sounds the way it does, it isn't because of me. It's because of God. He's given it to me. And I'm entrusted with that. And I have to go out and do exactly what he's telling me to do. So um, this morning, <laughs> I, have, um, I have a song. And I'm going to sing. And I want it to... I'll explain afterwards kind of what it means to me um, behind it, but hopefully I won't be crazy emotional to be able to sing it. <laughs> yeah, give me a second. <laughs> Come alive, come alive, up out of the ashes. 
come alive. So we're going to turn to um, this story, exactly of what I have just um, sang about. We're going to read it in Ezekiel um, 37, verses 1 through 14. (laughs) So I didn't have it written down. (laughs) I don't have my iPad either. (laughs) Thank you. It says, The Lord took hold of me, and I was carried away by the Spirit of the Lord to a valley filled with bones. He led me all around among the bones that covered the valley floor. They were scattered everywhere across the ground and were completely dried out. He then asked me, Son of man, can these bones become living people again? O sovereign Lord, I replied, you alone know the answer to that. Then he said to me, Speak a prophetic message to these bones and say, Dry bones, listen to the word of the Lord. This is what the Sovereign Lord says. Look, I am going to put breath into you and make you live again, or live again. I will put flesh and, uh, and muscles on you and cover you with skin. I will put breath into you, and you will come to life. Then you will know that I am the Lord. So I spoke this message, just as he told me. Obedience. Suddenly, as I spoke... There was a rattling noise all across the valley. The bones of each body came together and attached themselves as complete skeletons. Then, as I watched, muscle and flesh formed over the bones. Then skin formed to cover their bodies. But they still had no breath in them. Then he said to me, speak a prophetic message to the winds, son of man. Speak a prophetic message and say, This is what the Sovereign Lord says. O come, O breath, from the four winds. Breathe into these dead bodies so that they may live again. So I spoke the message as he commanded me, and breath came into their bodies. They all came to life and stood up on their feet, a great army. Then he said to me, Son of man, these bones represent the people of Israel. They are saying, We have become old, dry bones. All hope is gone. Our nation is finished. Therefore, prophesy to them and say, This is what the Sovereign Lord says. O my people, I will open your graves of exile and cause you to rise again. Then I will bring you back to the land of Israel. When this happens, O my people, you will know that I am the Lord. I will put my spirit in you, and you will live again and return home to your land. Then you will know that I, the Lord, have spoken, and I have done what I said. Yes, the Lord has spoken. Now, we are those people, or we are the prophet. We are like the prophet. We are kind of like the dead people, too, honestly. And so um, in verse 2, it needs to be us seeking out uh, those people, those dead, dry people that need that saltiness that I was talking about. And some of us need that in our lives as well. Some of us need to be the people that are going to have our flesh put back on in our obedience to go and do what he's told us to do. But just think about it as like this. Our loved ones that we need to um, be reaching are are those dry bones. Or your disobedience in you is those dry bones. And God is calling us to obey. In verse 4 he says, speak and listen to the word of the Lord. Well, if we're that prophet, we need to be the ones going out and speaking. This is his call as us to go out and make disciples. And then in verse 9 and 10, he's breathing into these dead people. Now, if you're the other side, if you're the side that is being disobedient, maybe you need the breath of God inside of you. Maybe you're the one that needs God to breathe on you and be going out to do what he's called you to do. If not, you can think of it in the way of that God's going to put his breath in them people that you're wanting to reach. 
that those people that you want to connect to, that God is going to breathe upon them and he's going to bring them back to life. Because right now they're sitting out there dead and we need God's breath to go out and, and reach those people and breathe them back to life. That they might see God again. So when I picture the song that I just sang, I can see this heart within these bodies. And I can see this dead, crusty, old piece just wrapped around hearts. And when I sing this, I sing that dead hearts come alive. And I see this just breaking apart, revealing underneath this new heart that God has created. That he's going to create an army of these people that we're reaching. An army. An army of God going out. So if you imagine our town that we want to reach Crawford, there's going to be an army from Crawford going out to reach the world. That he's going to rise up within them. And that we have the ability to breathe upon them. That the breath, the words that are coming out of us are like the breath of God revealing to them his truth and his life. That it's going to break these disobedient hearts that they might have, that we might have, that it's going to release. And we're going to be able to come as a great army doing things for the Lord. So maybe you need that in your life. And Pastor Steve and I are going to be up here if you want to pray with somebody. And if not, if you don't feel comfortable coming up in front of other people or whatever else, I want you to have the opportunity to turn to the person sitting next to you, to walk across the room to the somebody else, behind everybody else, that they aren't looking and they aren't seeing, all oh, that person needs something or whatever else. But it's between you and God. This is a call to obedience, something that I have to be obedient to, something that every one of us probably has an ability to be obedient to. And I'm asking for us to start now. Just like I had to say, I'm going to quit being disobedient and I'm going to do what I've asked or do what you've asked me to do. I want that same revelation for you. I want you to just grab a hold of it, that that's going to break off of your heart, that that deadness of you doing not what you're supposed to break off of your heart and you're going to go after God with all you have. So if I have the opportunity to pray with you, if you need your feeling as a dead heart to to break off, or if you want to reach more people, or if you want something, I'm going to be up here, and Pastor Steve will be up here, and you can have that opportunity right now to change and to do what you've been asked to do. So she's going to play the, the song with the real singer on it while this is going on, but I want you to have that opportunity right now to find somebody to pray with. So, Father, I just thank you um, for this opportunity to speak, um, that this church has the, uh, the willingness to listen to another speaker, Father. And I thank you for just being able to um, speak through me and, and use me, Father, in, in a way that you've created me to be used. And I just ask that you make that revelation in every one of their lives. Lord, show them their gifts and their talents. Father, if they don't have them, let them come up for prayer. Or ask someone else to pray with them, that they find out what their gifts are. I ask that if they don't have a, a revelation of who you are or if they need you back in their life, God, I pray that they are obedient to that call, that feeling that they have that's overpowering them and overtaking them, Father, that it just rises up with them and them, and they have to do something about it, God. I pray that you would just be all over this room, Father, right now as we seek you through this, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. I brought my best. You're welcome. Just obey. Just obey. The Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face shine upon you. Be gracious to you. 
may turn his face toward you and grant you his peace. And may you hear his commands and obey. And may you experience the goodness that comes. Amen? Be blessed. Happy Mother's Day. Moms, get a chocolate bar or a flower if you'd like one. Know that we love you and we appreciate you. Amen?